This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Spreading like fist. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome to Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is episode 588. That that is right. That is totally how it works. I am an Espanol professor from Harvard. I should know. I I believe it's Ochenta y Ocho. Ocho. Well, look at that. Look at that. The young grasshopper is becoming the professor. Good job. A plus. But speaking about A pluses, our audience all get an A plus because you are subscribing and downloading all of our episodes at marketout.com, Apple Podcasts, and all over the place, including Spotify. Also, make sure you buy a t-shirt, prowrestlingtees.com slash out. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. Make sure you check out Chris, who's going to be joining us on Instagram and Twitter. Check out Brandon, who's going to be joining us later on, a.k.a. right about now. And make sure you follow me, Dave the Rave, on Twitter and Instagram. But it's time. To now, send it over to the Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm doing awesome as always. Nice. Was that a Goldust Goldust impression? No, but God bless Goldust. I I will say that till the end of time because he went on to the Howard Stern show completely in gimmick and did not (laughs) once stray from the gimmick. And I thought it was fantastic. And they were like, oh, you got Tourette's. And he would like always correct them. No, it's a neurological thing, blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. Fantastic. That was like one of the best top tier moments of keeping kayfabe. To have everybody I... like laughing around you and not break. Mm-hmm. That's A plus on, on Dustin Rhodes. You know, go. he's, I don't know. There's few wrestlers this day and age that really stand up to his level you know, I think that he's on a such a high level of, I don't know. I, I feel like there's nobody in the wrestling industry that doesn't like him. Um, but he's just such a great person in general, it seems. Like him, Jericho, like these guys that have been around for so long and they're still training and passing it along to the future generations. It's It's awesome. But, hey, how was your week? Well, it was pretty decent. I I tried. I didn't try. I succeeded, I would say. I made onion rings from scratch for the first time. And they were super messy and, like, just okay. Mm-hmm. And I can't really see myself going back to attempt them again. Because I really don't like working with, like, oil and stuff. Yeah. Why? Because it's just, like, but- it's just too much... I guess work. Mm-hmm. I'd much rather just air fry it, bake it or something. But for an onion ring, I feel like you can't get the same crispness mm-hmm. doing that. So I broke out the, the oil, yeah. fried it, whatever. 
And I, I made a dipping sauce to go with it. I thought they were much better with the dipping sauce. Okay. Craziest thing. I froze a few and microwaved them another day to to eat, obviously. And they were still super crispy, and that threw me. I don't know how that's a thing. That I thought they were about to good. be soggy or whatever, but no, they were they were crispy and they were decent onion rings, but I, I would just there's obviously a million other onion rings out there so much better than what I made. Mm-hmm. But I ended up going to my aunt and uncle's house for Mother's Day. They sang happy birthday to me, which I hate when people do that. So right now, happy birthday <laughs> to you. You'll get sued. Don't do that. Happy Stop. birthday to you. You got to cut off. Happy that. birthday, dear Ooh, Brandon. So happy birthday to you. That's so stupid. Muscle tough. Another year in the book. Way to go. Congratulations. L'chaim. I actually just remembered that I forgot to listen to captain zoom this year wow that disappoints me but uh, i mean i guess i'll catch him next year hey you got another year yeah another year on on my actual birthday i went and saw dr strange 2 okay and i enjoyed the film i thought the the first one was better i ended up getting spoiled before i even saw how so like online or in the theater you guys one spoiled? no one I I was don't scrolling. don't spoil it by the way no please. I'm not gonna spoil <laughs> anything but I'm scrolling through Twitter and I saw an Amber Heard versus Johnny Depp meme okay I'm like oh I've been following the case let me see the meme and all of a sudden I see Doctor Strange and I was like no 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 and I kept scrolling but I in my brain already saw it. And then I'm playing WW2K22. Can't get spoiled there, right? Go on to Community Creations. You see goddamn Stephen Strange. You see Wanda Maximoff. Oh, and then somebody else. Not just somebody else. You see multiple somebody else's. Oh, man. I'm like, who does that? And then I saw online people, I clicked in like the, the hashtag after I actually saw the movie. Mm-hmm. And I saw people arguing like, oh, it's, 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 uh, I, what, I forget the word they would use, but like, it's selfish of you to expect people not to talk about the movie that they just saw. It's literally the one thing Marvel had said from the start, especially like the, the first week, even. You don't post spoilers, come on. And if you do, it's a spoiler alert. Yeah. Dumb. I mean, how long is a spoiler a spoiler? Well, I mean, you can't expect everybody to go see the movie the the opening weekend. I would say for the first month of the film at least. Give warnings. Mm Mm-hmm. But I enjoyed it. I got uh, a free birthday popcorn. That I ended up taking to go. <laughs> nice. I went to TGI Fridays, which is not a place I would have ever expected to end up on my birthday mm-hmm. in 2022. Because I have not been to Fridays in years. But I, we like, my friend Did he go on Friday? There. No, it was, my birthday was Monday, so. 
Nice, nice. <laughs> and uh, I, I went and I ended up downloading their app last minute and got a free birthday meal out of that. Like, I purchased my own meal, and then during the meal, I downloaded the app. I'm like, what is this? You get a free birthday meal. I got a kid's chicken tender and fries. I took that home. Cleaned nice. up there. Yeah. And uh, and then I went to Carvel and got my free birthday cone. Dude, you made out like a champion. Which I I paid a dollar for because I tried their new strawberry and vanilla crunchies. I was like, I have to try these. They're brand new. I'm a big fan of the chocolate crunchies. Which, by mm-hmm. the way, are so much better than the vanilla and strawberry ones. But the strawberry ones, I, I'm not a big like strawberry guy. But I thought those were really good. And I would 100% get those again. I definitely am craving anything ice cream, though. Yeah. I'd, I'd go for anything ice cream. Yeah. And Carvel is uh, delicious, so. Right. I did have Carvel on Sunday for Mother's Day. Mm. I did have Carvel, uh, the cookie crumb cake, of course. The cookie crumb cake? Not you the cookie. You literally crumb cake. don't crumb. deserve to ever eat Carvel. Don't take it that far. Don't <laughs> Don't take it that far. I'm not Lindsay Lohan. You I'm don't sorry. Have to revoke first of my all, card. First of all, but what what cake did you actually have? The ice cream, the cookie crumb cake. <laughs> I forgot the words. You could have just said the ice cream cake. Yeah, it's the ice cream cake. Everybody knows the ice cream cake. The best. Also, it's the best ice cream cake around. Also, it's insanely unfair that I don't have a Carvel black card. How do we apply for one for you? You can't. They gave them out for one of their anniversaries, and Dina Lohan was abusing it. She mm-hmm. was abusing Lindsay Lohan's Carvel cake or Carvel ice cream card. and She was using it for Allie or something instead of using it for Lindsay. Mm-hmm. God, how do you screw that up? <laughs> uh, also, well, I mean, I don't even look at, look at who you're... I, I don't absolutely at all understand how they gave them out to celebrities who have well, I mean, millions look at of who dollars. you're also look at who you're also questioning here yeah 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 right of course. i mean so but yeah but again they I have definitely... they have tons of money let me let me try to abuse this carvel thing yeah if you're gonna have one of those cards i mean at least you know get us something like you know who's not going to abuse it me who? yeah I have, so when they give you the birthday coupon, you used to have to print it out. Now you just show it to them. I could literally go to any Carvel and continue to collect my free ice cream cone. But you don't. I don't. Why? I'm not going to abuse it. So, which means that? It means I should have the black card. Exactly. Exactly. Carvel, step your game up. Help out Brandon. Get him the black card. Let's get this going. Come unless, on. Unless <laughs> unless I pass the Carvel in Miami, then maybe, maybe mm. I'll get another one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got we got to work on this. We got to send them an email. Yeah, you know we got to get in touch with them about this, but. Yeah, so we had a pay-per-view this I was going to ask how week. your week was. Oh, <laughs> my week. 
My week was nothing to talk about. You know, it was actually Mother's we were actually Day. in the middle of talking about. I guess technically your week. Yeah, well, you know, Mother's Day was great. Got to spend it with family. Yada yada yada. You know, the whole shebang. Did you just yada 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 through Mother's Day? No, you know, it, it's not. No offense to the moms, but you know, it was the week. How many mothers did week. you celebrate with? All universal, no, no, universal. But, like actually, was it just you and your family, or what? Uh, two, my cousin, oh. my cousin as well. Um, but yeah, my niece, by the way, wished me a happy Mother's Day. Wow, congratulations, Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> you know, hey, it's nice to see that you may not be recognized by Carvel, but on every holiday, you'll be recognized by your niece. Yeah, it's funny because, like, I guess she wouldn't know specifically what it is. No, not not at all. But I love your niece, so I think that that is great. You should have her give you a card every holiday. Just start to tell her how how valuable those cards are. She's uh, she's protective, by the way. Like she, it's not okay that me and my brother are brothers. Oh, like I'm her uncle. I can't be my brother's brother. Mm-hmm. She argued with her cousin the other day over their grandfather. It's her grandfather. She can't call him grandfather because it's her <laughs> grandfather. That's cute. How yeah. old is she now? 15? Yeah. <laughs> She's graduating <laughs> college next week. <laughs> wow. You know, time flies. Time yeah. flies. But talking about time flying, how about we go back a little bit? Back over to Backlash. That is WrestleMania Backlash taking place from an arena in a city. The Dunkin' Donuts Center in Rhode Island. Dunkin' Donuts or not Dunkin'? The Dunk. Yeah, Dunkin' Donuts. But it's not Dunkin' Donuts anymore. Yeah, it is. It's Dunkin'. It's, it's the Dunkin' Donuts Center. So Most they of the places on Long Island haven't changed over to Dunkin'. I think the places over here have. I'm not positive on that. I want to say I've seen it. Well, Unless I'm having that like Mandela effect happening. I'm not sure, but Cody Rhodes opened the show, picking up the victory over Seth Rollins. No kickoff show, which was surprising. No kickoff show match, I should say. Kickoff show match. There was a kickoff show, and I was expecting a match, but because this pay-per-view, PLE, was only six matches. That was very interesting also, but Cody Rhodes picked up the victory over Seth Rollins, and... I thought this was a very interesting match because it was kind of slow, but it was also like super jam packed with action and it wasn't a bad slow. And to me, I'm just obviously throwing out a a venue close to home. It reminded me of one of those matches that would have taken place at Madison square garden in the seventies, just with updated Hmm. moves. If that makes any sense to anybody listening. Like, if you go back and watch one of those old WWF cards, this match, obviously with a different moveset, would have fit in it, pacing-wise. Yeah, I thought the pace of it was... It was really a really good match. I like Seth Rollins going for his own bionic elbow here, and Cody reverses it with, uh, I think it was his second crossroads at that point. They did a quick sequence leading to Cody actually cheating to win because Seth Rollins tried to cheat to win. So, yeah, it was a solid match, though. 
And prior I mean, prior to Monday Night Raw, I thought we'd probably go into Hell in a Cell seeing Cody versus Seth Rollins one more time in a Hell in a Cell match, but um, it looks like we will, not to jump ahead. It seems like we'll get something like that. I kind of, I don't know. I don't know if I want to see more of this. I, it I, has to, and especially Edge versus Seth Rollins being as, as good as it was inside the Hell in a Cell back at... Uh, the the crown jewel show. I uh-huh. think I think we could definitely see Cody versus Seth, and uh, I think that would be Cody's second Hell in a Cell match. Yes, because I I know I I well, I can't say I know, but I think he had one with Legacy versus DX. Maybe. I think he has. I mean, well, hmm. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe I, I not. Think I, I, unless he was involved in a Hell in a Cell. I don't know. But somebody that is not caged yeah, up. Yeah, he did. It was almost. 2009. In almost. Nork, New Jersey. In Nork. It was the legacy losing to DX. There you go. Well, almost picked up the victory over Lashley. Um I want that to be over. Well, it's not. Yeah, I know. <laughs> MVP kept taunting Bobby Lashley during the match, though. And at one point, Lashley tried to lock him in the hurt lock and almost ends up grabbing Bobby Lashley back into the ring and ends up locking it on almost. And then almost hits his double choke bomb kind of out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Wasn't a terrible match. No, it wasn't terrible. But again, it definitely it was not terrible. And also, of course, I went into this this uh pay-per-view PLE, sorry, thinking it's a pretty mid event. Uh-huh. Overall, I thought it was a really good event. Yeah. AJ Styles lost to Edge. A lot of the beginning of this match took place outside. A lot. Yeah, not much was inside of that ring. Damian Priest was banned from ringside, but did make his way out to the ramp, and because it wasn't ringside, he wasn't banned from the ramp. That, to me, is dumb, but Finn Balor attacked him. They brawled into the ring, and while all that commotion was going on, a masked person pulls AJ Styles off the top rope. Edge locks in a crossface, picks up the victory. Commentary's like, "Who? who is he? Who is he? Meanwhile, she is clearly wearing Rhea Ripley's gear. Like, what a yeah. stupid, like, who is he? Like, don't try to. I mean, you saw the, me. you could see the boots and the, I mean, you had the like pants, the, you the know. The pants, the pants, it's Rhea Ripley. <laughs> she yeah. Un, she, uh, she takes the hood off and reveals that it's obviously Rhea Ripley with jet black hair now. Very expected. I think people have been saying it for a few weeks now, so. Yeah, you were calling it. You know, and I, uh, and I know it was against her. it, but yeah, yeah, you know, that's for sure. But that being said, next up, as you mentioned, or you didn't mention, Ronda Rousey picked up the victory over Charlotte Flair in an I Quit match, a very intense I Quit match, to become the new SmackDown Women's Champion. Um, This match, I don't know. What do you think about it? Um, 
it was a match I didn't care about going into the the event. And the match itself, I thought, was actually really good. The aftermath, I don't care for. But they included kendo sticks in this, which is a thing that's been in their feud since, I want to say, like 2018 even. Yeah, the kendo stick always finds a way to get involved in there. They fought in the crowd. I liked when they went back towards the ring, they did the upside down... Uh, Ronda Rousey did that upside down arm bar to Charlotte in the ropes. And ultimately, Rousey locked Charlotte in the arm bar inside of a chair. Asked her if she quits or whatever. She said no. And then she like wrenched back on the arm and Charlotte tapped out. And then they announced that Charlotte broke her radius. Hey. So she's out for an unidentified amount of time. Yeah, well, fracturing the radius, that's going to be... She's not going to return anytime quickly. But again, I don't know. That sounds like a kayfabe gimmick. I mean, it How could long be. would a broken arm put you out for? What if she returns like Cowboy Bob? I mean, she could. Do you think that she's going to stick around for much longer, though? I don't know. I mean, a part of me could see her moving on from WWE at some point. I mean, you could move on from WWE. Her fiance is in AEW doing absolutely nothing right now. So it's like you get little spurts of Andrade Hmm. and then all of a sudden you forget about him. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. And it, that seems to be a big thing with the whole roster, where it's like sometimes we'll have this person, we'll go three months without seeing them. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Match after that, we saw Madcap Moss pick up the victory over Happy Corbin, which, again, I thought was a decent match. Corbin pulled out some new moves in this match. We saw a senton from Corbin. We might have seen it from him before, but I don't feel like it's in his normal uh, set, li- uh, set list, move set. But Madcap Moss picks up the victory after a sunset flip. Overall, decent match. Yeah, decent match. Uh, do you think this feud is over? I don't think so. So pretty much WrestleMania Backlash did nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it WrestleMania Backlash ended no feuds at all. I mean, especially this next match. You got the Bloodline picking up the victory over RK Bro and Drew McIntyre, which I thought for sure we were going to see the Usos. One of the Usos lose this match for the team. Why? I just thought I thought we were going to see McIntyre and RK Bro pick up the victory. I don't know. I feel like Roman Reigns and the Usos have to win. Uh, I I honestly don't want to see McIntyre in this scene right now. I mean, I, I got sick. Of, I mean, I mean, you could blame it on the COVID era, but I got sick and tired of seeing him at the top of the chain for so long. Well, you know, I feel like in everything that's happening with Roman Reigns, it's it's been gold. I like it's gold, Jerry. It's gold. I liked at the beginning of this match. I, I don't know if the bell rang yet, but Randy Orton teased using or grabbing Drew McIntyre's sword to fight with. I mm-hmm. thought that was funny. But 
the crowd was eating this up. And obviously people go into this event, we want the title, the unification match, but then it gets turned into a, a six-man tag and everybody complains, but overall, this was a good match. McIntyre yeah. at one point gets put through the commentary table after Drew went to put Roman Reigns through the table. Matt Riddle hits an RKO off the top rope, but Matt Riddle gets up from that RKO and immediately gets speared by Roman Reigns, who tagged himself in, I believe. I don't recall. Picks up the victory there. Yeah, but that was WrestleMania backlash. So let's move on to some Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro. Opens with RK Bro, Randy Orton, basically speaking about how their match was supposed to be to unify the, the tag team championships. And then he challenged the Usos because they want to unify it now. And Matt Riddle's mm-hmm. like, we're going to be going to SmackDown, brother. And we demand the match. And then the Street Profits came out because they want the titles. That leads into their match where RK Bro mm-hmm. picks up the victory over the Street Profits to retain the Raw Tag Team Championships. In a good match. Montez Ford at the end of it. Goes to hit that frog splash. And Matt Riddle catches him with that RKO out of nowhere. And I'm happy. That we get to see spots like that. Because Randy Orton. We've seen him pull it out. Left, right, up, down. All over the place. Yeah. Now with Matt Riddle adapting. Or adopting I should say maybe. Randy Orton's moveset. We get to see him do it now. And I think that's fun. I think it's really cool to see that stuff take place, you know? I think think what they're doing right now is so much fun. But I'm more excited to see this break apart and break down. I'm not. I mean, I'm... I think Randy Orton said that they wanted... WWE wanted to split RK-Bro up and they both talked them out of doing it. Mm-hmm. Randy's just having fun. He really is. He's He really is having fun. I mean, we saw that Instagram video uh, that was posted last week or the week before where, what was it, Riddle was diving to the outside of the ring onto everyone? Yeah. And and Randy was just laying on the ground totally far away from everybody, and the fans like, what's up, Randy? And he's just like, I'm trying not to have him fall on me. Yeah, I thought that was something. funny. Yeah. And you can tell that he's just he's just having so much fun. So it's really cool to see. After that, but. Judgment Day came out. Edge with a haircut. Unexpectedly. Cuts his hair. We've seen him with short hair before, but we've never seen him wrestling with short hair before. Really? Yeah. No. Yeah. His short he hair never... phase came post-wrestling. Interesting. That's weird. I feel like he had short hair at some point when he may have been in the later phases with Christian. No. We've seen him with short hair with Christian, but not as uh, an active competitor. Huh. That's interesting. But Edge said he's bigger than the Hall of Fame. Damian Priest and Rhea Ripley also spoke, and, and Ripley spoke about destroying Liv Morgan Edge of referred to um, Damien Priest as the punishment again. And now Rhea Ripley is the eradicator. 
And I thought this was another good segment. It leads into Rhea Ripley picking up the victory over Liv Morgan. Yeah, what do you think about this? I mean, the comparison of Rhea Ripley's promo versus like CM Punk's promo. What? About how she made mention about how the same people that meet her at the airports getting her autographs, she's seen uh, being sold on eBay the day after. Is that a CM Punk? Yeah, he said that during the the pipe bomb segment. Oh. Yeah. So pe- I saw people were bringing that up. But Well, I think it was an obvious win. Yeah. But Liv Morgan I... was still able to shine. Liv I don't know. Liv she ended dangerously. Up... She ended up tapping out, and after the match, Edge gave Rhea Ripley like a signal, and Rhea Ripley locked her in the submission again. Finn Balor came out, was joined by AJ Styles, which leads into Finn Balor picking up the victory over Damian Priest via disqualification. Rhea Ripley ended up getting into Finn Balor's way, which distracts Balor. Edge gets in the ring, spears Finn Balor. AJ Styles jumped in. Rhea Ripley again got in his way. And that led to Edge and Damian Priest to take over. Yeah, and I gotta say, that move that they did, the double team, that looks sick. Kind of like a total elimination, but not. Yeah, it. it I mean, totally. It, it was just a spear. Yeah. I feel like we've, we've seen something like that take place before. But it's always cool to see uh, the combination of moves like that. I mean, especially if you're like, I don't know, I'm a big fan of the spear too. So, But after that, we had the VIP lounge. Um, MVP hyping up Omos and his victory at, at WrestleMania Backlash. And Cedric came out to celebrate with them. Lashley then cuts us off, takes out the security, takes out Cedric, takes out Omos, and then Cedric gets back into it, and uh, he ended up in the Hurt Lock while Omos and MVP left. I personally don't get the end game here. Yeah. And later on, Bobby Lashley challenged Omos to a match next week, specifically a steel cage match next week, which is set. That's made. I don't know. I mean, obviously, to me, that's a Bobby Lashley victory. I agree with you. I think that it's Bobby Lashley victory on that one. But, but the end game, I have no idea. Yeah, exactly. After, what is the end game? After that, Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville were backstage, and he said to her that. Or she was telling him that she's been doing everything by the books. The investigation's absurd. And she wanted to know who her opponent was on Monday Night Raw. And before Adam Pierce told her, she ends up actually interrupting Adam Pierce. And she's like, I, I don't care. And then Adam Pierce came out to the ring and was like, The investigation's concluded. You have been abusing your power. That's what the higher ups found. So you're fired as an official. You're still an in-ring competitor, but you're no longer an official. And that did not end well for her. Yeah, and then he announced her opponent. 
the returning Alexa Bliss. And this was definitely victory. not expected. I mean, how she's been off of February. TV, yeah, since what? What was the event? Chamber. Um, Elimination Chamber. She's been mm-hmm. off of TV since Elimination Chamber, so her return right now. And this wasn't the Alexa Bliss that we saw at Elimination Chamber. No, she did have Lily with her, and she yeah. was looking more so like the goddess than the fiend version. But she had a remixed version of her old theme song with her Fiend theme song. So we saw in those vignettes or whatever you want to call them leading up to her return that as long as she has Lily, she'll be okay. So Mm -hmm. maybe that's why she still has Lily. And maybe that's why we see her that she's, like, doing better, I guess you would say. It could be. But this match was a DDT and a Twisted Bliss. Literally, those two moves, that was it. Oh, yeah. And Sonya Deville I mean, and was, she... like, beyond distraught. I thought it worked for what it was. It needed to be that, I feel like. It was, you know. But she also didn't do the finisher that she was using, like, you know. She went back to the Twisted Bliss. What was the previous finish? Well, she didn't do anything like her mannerisms wasn't like the fiend bliss, you know, especially uh, I don't know. We're going to have to see how it plays out, but I don't know. Obviously, I don't know. Maybe she's not going to be on TV for another three months. We don't know what's going to happen. I hope that's not true. It could definitely be true. I mean, I, I guess the finisher she was using when she was with the fiend was Sister Abigail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say that, but then I was just like, I don't... Maybe it wasn't? Yeah, because she was using that for a while. I'm pumped to see Alexa Bliss back. Um, Earlier on in the night, though, we saw American Alpha... Or not American Alpha. Alpha Academy with Kevin Owens backstage. And and Gable was just, just talking to Kevin Owens. And he had Ezekiel's cup from last week, tested for DNA. So they're going to find out that he's actually Elias next week, and Kevin Owens is, like, putting that over. And he's like, oh, and uh, tonight on Monday Night Raw, my older brother, Ken, will compete against Ezekiel. (laughs) And then that moves into the next segment where Ezekiel versus Ken Owens, it doesn't happen. It was Kevin Owens with a gray beard and a gray hairpiece, and they went back and forth beforehand. And Kevin was just like, I was trying to prove a point. He, It was me, basically. One of those moments where he takes off the wig. <laughs> it's me. And uh, revealed himself to be Kevin Owens. And then he ends up attacking Ezekiel. Ezekiel fought back. And then the Alpha Academy jumped in. So. Yeah. Um, I don't know. This entire stuff with Kevin St- Kevin Steen. Jeez. Kevin Owens and Ezekiel, it's it's hilarious, you know, and they have that awesome new shirt out too. Yeah, there was also they they posted a a thing with Sean him meeting Shawn Michaels, uh huh, and it's a picture of Ezekiel, I guess you'd say, like as a kid or a teenager, whatever age it is, but no beard, longer hair. Uh With Shawn Michaels, so I thought that was funny. That's that's pretty funny. But 
Next up, you had Veer picking up the victory over Frank Lohman. Big, uh, um, big fan of Frank. Yeah, big, uh, big MYWC guy. Obviously, <laughs> like yeah, on kayfabe wise, Rex Lawless. <laughs> Oh yeah, you and know, he cut a, a uh, promo beforehand about having a wife and triplets, and uh, I I enjoyed this match because Rex is a bigger guy. We got to see even more moves from Veer, and there was no post match attack. I thought that was an interesting thing. Yeah, we haven't seen something like that in a while. But you know, Rex Lawless has been one of those guys that we have been following for. Geez, over 10 years now, I think, right? Yeah. Since the start of the podcast, even before it. I mean, Rex Lawless has been incredible. You've seen him in Chikara in the past, NYWC, uh, and... AEW, too. AEW, Impact, I believe. You know, it's just one of those things where it's great to see him on Monday Night Raw. It's weird that was his first WWE match. It's about damn time. Yeah. About damn time. But everybody should definitely be checking out Rex Lawless. Yeah. Earlier, though, uh, we saw Austin Theory interviewed about Cody Rhodes, and he basically said Cody's old and that he's the future. Um, Also, very throwback having him be interviewed up on the stage like that. I know AEW does something like that, but WWE doesn't really do interviews like that. And also, WWE, the interviewers, hold the mic regardless still. Mm -hmm. But Cody was interviewed later on and said that the chapter with him and Seth is closed. And he's looking to different things. And that's where we go to a U.S. championship match where Cody picks up the victory via disqualification. So Austin Theory retains the U.S. championship in this match, I liked a lot of this. I liked Austin Theory taunting Cody by doing the Stardust uh, cartwheel and like the the hand gesture, whatever you would call it. Yeah. But right before Cody hit the crossroads, Seth Rollins ran out and attacked him, and he curb stomped Cody onto the the commentary table. And that's and it why was an I awesome think, spot. Yeah, and that's why I think it has to end in Hell in a Cell. It's their next pay per view. It yeah. only makes sense. I I feel like it does have to end there. And then, um, after SummerSlam, comes Money in the Bank and Cody at the, the biggest uh, stadium, one of the biggest stadiums. He can go on, win the, the Money in the Bank or something, and later in July, Madison Square Garden, July 25th, Monday Night Raw, Madison Square Garden. He wants to win the championship at the Garden, perhaps. It's very possible. Do I see Roman Reigns dropping the title? No. I don't, but is it very possible? Especially I mean, look at, at all Madison the... Square Garden show where they hold so much history and they want to build it up so much and they want to make Cody like the highest of highs in WWE. I mean, and look what they're I mean, look at all the rumors with Roman Reigns right now. You know, Roman Reigns did that promo at the end of, I believe, SmackDown or it was, a house show. It was Saturday night's main event. was a uh, live event. Yeah, you know. So, who knows? And apparently he was removed from the uh, Hell in a Cell 
advertisement promo. The flyer. Well, so, Hell in a Cell comes before that, so he'd... Let's see. It was one of them that he was removed from. Maybe Money in the Bank? Could have been. That's the one that comes after Hell in a Cell. Yeah, he may have been removed from that, but very interesting to follow right now with Roman Reigns in. I mean, I hope he doesn't leave. But it would if he like has to drop the title or something, then it, I don't foresee him leaving. I feel like he would just be filming a movie or something. That's true. I feel like if he does leave somewhere, it's going to be to do movies. Yeah. And then maybe he comes back, and then we get The Rock versus Roman Reigns WrestleMania. Yeah. Hollywood? Hollywood versus Hollywood. All right. The Hollywood of old versus the Hollywood of new. Yeah. Main I mean, West. <laughs> but next up, earlier in the night, we had... T- uh, not earlier in the night. No. What was next? Team Bad taking on yes. uh, Dewdrop <laughs> and Nikki A.S.H. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I thought we were going to see Nikki drop A.S.H. immediately, but in this yeah. match, we saw Nikki... I mean, she kind of took too long before hitting her move on Sasha Banks, and Sasha reversed it, finishes up the match, and then Dewdrop was pissed and she blamed Nikki for not listening to her. And again, she's like, are you ready to listen to me? So slowly, but surely we're going to be seeing the end of Nikki ASH. I think. Yeah. I think we're going to be seeing the end of that and Dewdrop, I love this new attitude of hers. What do you mean? New attitude? Well, this attitude period, it's very Piper Niffin ish. Well, very, well, uh Oh, I mean, Hello, it's the same person. Wait, what? Yeah, okay. And they're both they're both, I believe, from Scotland, so Huh. I wonder if they a, ever wrestled. They can make a, a Scotland tag team. A they Scottish could. tag team. After but that we saw entrance... So Champa. What were you gonna say? No, I was gonna say on the entrance, uh, you know, you had Team Bad leaving and everything, and then the Miz coming out. Yeah. Miz, special guest referee. Champa picks up the victory over Mustafa Ali. Miz obviously taking longer to count for Ali, and it happened throughout the whole match, and then he ended it very quickly with a super fast count for Champa, which was very expected. And people are like, why does Miz have to be in this feud? And it's like, that's how the feud began. So I don't know. Yeah, why? What feud would you like the Miz to be in? Yeah, that's what like that's literally how it began. I don't know how you would take Miz out of the equation right now. I mean, do you want the Miz to just do a talk show or you know not be booked? Yeah. Also, I would appreciate if WWE 2K added in special guest referee back. That'd That'd be be cool. After that, Lacey Evans came out. For some reason, she's on Monday Night Raw now. Even though she was just on SmackDown, but like, uh, yeah, I had the uh, I, I saw some people saying the sheets are reporting that she's now going to be a heel on Monday Night Raw. A heel? They aired the same like video package. I'm pretty sure it was a different version of it, but same basic information from SmackDown the past two weeks. And I don't know. And that's what I said last week on SmackDown. Though they had they were like, ladies and gentlemen, you need to stand up and cheer for Lacey Evans right now which I thought was like such like a heelish thing to have them announce she's been cutting the most 
face promos, well, vignettes, and now you're going to decide, you know, but now you're going to say that, you know what, all the stuff that she was going through throughout her entire life, that's going to make her a heel, you know? Let's not support somebody like that. All those feelings and emotions that you we all those feelings and emotions. But again, that's dirt cheap. We don't know if that's true. We don't know what the deal is with that yet. I mean, oh man, that would be I. Okay. <laughs> Backstage, Dana Brooke and Tamina still wanted their divorces from Reggie and Tazawa, and then Dana tricked them into coming by saying they're going to go on a double date, and then our truth served Reggie and. Akira Tozawa refused to take it, so he ran off, and R-Truth had to chase after him, so I thought that was a funny little segment there. Divorce is Man. so funny. <laughs> <laughs> but I really did think it was funny. But earlier in the night, we saw Becky Lynch kind of interrupt Adam Pierce and Asuka because she wants a title shot. She doesn't think Asuka deserves the title shot before she does, and Adam Pierce said that if Oscar defeats Bianca Belair, she will get a title shot. And Becky was like, I'm the one who handed the title to Oscar. And Adam Pierce is like, that's just not relevant. And Oscar's like, I don't need Becky. You gave it up to become a mom, but you're acting like a baby. I thought that was a good line. And then the main event happens. Bianca Belair picks up the victory over Asuka via disqualification. Because Becky Lynch, who was on commentary, gets involved and attacked Bianca Belair. Yeah, Becky is uh, getting her way into all this. And then she, of course, went after Asuka also. But Mm -hmm. that's how Monday Night Raw ends. That was Monday Night Raw, yeah. Moving over to NXT, it opened with Toxic Attraction picking up the victory over Roxanne Perez and Wendy Chu to retain the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships. Um, Wendy Chu starts the segment by jumping off the top turnbuckle onto an unsuspecting Toxic Attraction. Mm -hmm. And I enjoy this whole match. We've known for years how good Wendy Chu is, but she's... So smooth, even wearing a onesie. I don't know if it's more difficult to wrestle in one. It seems like it would be. Maybe not. But kudos to her. Yeah, Um, she's making it work. The actual match we saw Roxanne kind of injure her shoulder, I believe it was a little bit. Mandy Rose got involved. and, And Wendy Chu went after her. And from that, we saw JC attack Roxy, uh, Roxanne, behind the referee's back to reverse the um, the code red. And then yeah, afterwards, I... Wendy Chu attacked Toxic Attraction, but Mandy Rose took her down. They all jumped in. Later on, Toxic Attraction, we saw Mandy speak about, or she was speaking with Andy Hartwell. And it sounded like she was trying to comfort her. And then she turned it around. She's like, well, nobody's ever left me before. And then they made fun of her for, I guess, Dexter Loomis leaving Indy Hartwell. Uh, that still yeah. sucks, man. Yeah, I know. It's one of those things where it's like, and now they're kind of playing it up as if it 
As if Dexter Loomis left her. Yeah. It's We know the sad. truth. We know the truth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't lie to us. We know. After that, we saw Diamond Mine, where the Creeds, they wanted to speak to Roderick Strong about what happened last week. And I guess prior to this, the Viking Raiders were undefeated in, in NXT. And it's all tainted because Roderick Strong got involved. So they went ahead and got themselves another match against the Viking Raiders. And they want to do it right. They don't want Roderick Strong there. And Roddy's kind of pissed off. He brought in a new member, Damon Kemp. Brand new member of Diamond Mine. So hopefully that does not uh, lead him down the path of other members of Diamond Mine. Uh, uh, yeah, we all know how that diamond mine ends up falling apart. Damon Kemp, by the way, cut a promo on NXT UK this week. I didn't think it was the the best of promos. Best. Yeah. But hey, yeah, I, no, I mean, I totally eventually, agree. for me, the end game with, with Damon Kemp would eventually be to see us, uh, not see us, see eventually a tag team match with him and, and his brother, at least. I mean, I don't know when Gable Stevenson comes to WWE, like, officially. but That's true. We don't I would know. hope we'd get to see some sort of involvement between the, the two. Would you do that on NXT or the main no, show? No, no, That's completely main show. And that's, okay. again, that's not, like, anytime soon. Yeah, yeah. We also, throughout the night, had a bunch of Ivy Nile segments where she's, she's like, outshining a bunch of men while she's like working out and it came down to her and another dude. And he ends up dropping this, I guess was just to put Ivy Nile on television this week. Again, had a lot of women on the show. Yeah, they definitely highlighted them this week on the show, which is really, really awesome. All the, the matches were women. Um, With the exception of the mixed tag, all of them were women. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. That's interesting. I didn't even notice that. And of course, the ratings uh, dipped, according to the internet, and people were like, "Well, what do you expect?" Shut up. <laughs> yeah, and then and these are the same people. Everybody should. Uh, we want yeah, women's down. wrestling. Calm down. We yeah. want women's wrestling. You know. No, because they're not the same people. Because those they're 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 always there. We don't like women's wrestling. We love New Japan. We love PWG. <laughs> but, we love uh, inequality. <laughs> it's tradition. But yeah. Joe Gacy, we saw him come out with uh, two druids from last week, and he spoke about how they proved their worth to him. He doesn't need any more druids. He just needs these two people. And Joe Gacy invited Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman? Braun Breaker. <laughs> what? <laughs> he invited Braun Breaker out, and he wants to cause affliction and pain to those who who resist. Also, I think I said he wants he wanted Braun Breaker to to come out, but I think he wants them to join them. Like their group. But Brown Breaker um, will be returning next week, so we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, that's definitely not going to happen. No. 
After that, Fallon Henley picked up the victory over Sloan Jacobs to advance in the NXT Women's Breakout Tournament. We saw Briggs and Jensen come out to cheer Henley on during this, which I thought was, I mean, I feel like it kind of caused a little distraction to Jacobs, but not like, not much of a distraction. I don't think it was like, there wasn't much of this match either. I thought it was still a, a decent match. But, like, not enough took place in it for me to be like, oh, this happened, this happened, etc. Yeah, yeah. It, I didn't think it was that. I I thought it was pretty good. And I appreciated yeah. that they shook hands afterwards. That was cool. You know, the code of honor. Yeah. Code of honor. After that, we, sat, we had a huge segment. We saw Legato Del Fantasma... Um, Mackenzie Mitchell was interviewing Santos about the, the peace agreement. And Santos was like, AJ Galante shouldn't have been there. He should not have been in the meeting. And then he said, Tony's crew will find out the hard way not to put their nose in, in their business. And he sends Cruz out to the car. Cruz gets jumped by Tony's goons, gets kidnapped. Legato eventually walks out to the car and sees that he's missing. And Santos calls D'Angelo and D'Angelo's like, well, what makes you think we're involved? <laughs> he denies all involvement and he brings up, Santos brings up, uh, or, or uh, Tony brings up AJ Galante getting taken out last week. So it's, they're like kind of going back and forth right now. The fighting is going to be happening. I thought this it's- was a very fun segment. I thought so too. I'm actually a big fan of their entire uh, interactions together. They did uh, uh, on on NXT UK. They did a segment with Dave Mastiff and Jack Stars backstage, also kind of doing like a mafia meeting backstage with uh, a mop, I guess, or whatever it was. Uh-huh. They had Charlie Dempsey's face with mop hair, I guess, to like signify his hair. I thought it was pretty funny, and they were basically just just doing. Kind of the same thing we saw last week, making fun of Di Familia, which is who they're feuding with, and they gave a shout out to Tony. So, I don't think yeah, there's going to yeah. be an ultimate connection there, but it was a connection between them and Tony D'Angelo. They are faces, by the way. So, I just no. thought it was funny that they included that. Not really something I would have perhaps put with the the same. Legato and D'Angelo stuff together, but mm-hmm. yeah. after that on NXT though, we saw Alba Fire pick up the victory over Amari Miller. And I don't feel like Amari Miller should have been in this match because I feel like it should have been a quicker one. Yeah. I mean with Fire we I what I did like is that the crowd was fully behind her. They were yeah. fully supportive of Fire. Well again, it was a very ob- obvious outcome. She yeah. needed the victory, obviously. So that's why of I just course. I wish Amari Miller wasn't in this because I feel like Amari Miller should be built up as well. He could have had um, an unknown person. Yeah, this. that's true. Backstage, that's we true. saw Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams pull up to the event, the event, the arena, and Solo sees it and ends up locking them out. He goes to the ring. He's like, "This is supposed to be their time." But I'm taking it. I want the North American Championship. I don't care if it's going to be Cameron Grimes. I don't care if it's going to be Carmelo Hayes. 
And then Cameron Grimes came out and he said that if he beats Carmelo Hayes at In Your House, that's the first mention of In Your House, I believe. I don't know when it's going to be. But he said huh. if he beats Carmelo Hayes at In Your House, Solo Sokoa will, in fact, be the next challenger. I think Sokoa is going to be champion. We saw Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams show up after Solo Sokoa left the ring. They jump Cameron Grimes. And he eventually turns around and sees that, and he goes and makes the save. I feel like we will see Solo Sokoa become the North American champion again. Not again, as well. Yeah, I think we're going to see it. Backstage, Nathan Fraser was interviewed, cut off by Zion Quinn, making fun of uh, Nathan Fraser, I guess. And then Wesley showed up, kind of saying that he doesn't get what Zion Quinn says. Same exact thing as Nathan Fraser. They're like, we don't understand what your catchphrase means. (laughs) So that'll lead to a match, I'm sure. Earlier in the week, they showed, uh, or earlier in the night, they showed something from earlier in the week of Grayson Waller and Tiffany Stratton shopping. And Waller said that Nathan Fraser got lucky and blamed Chase U. Backstage, we saw Saray interrupt Andre Chase and, and Bodie because she wants the singles match that was supposed to take place be turned into a mixed tag. They finally agreed to it, and then we went on to see Saray and Andre Chase pick up the victory over Tiffany Stratton and Grayson Waller, and this was one of the funniest things <laughs> I've ever seen. Chase, you walk through the portal with Saray, and they all transformed together, <laughs> and Bodie came out. He had different hair. He was wearing glasses. Uh, Andre Chase he was wearing a, a wig. Blue. Yeah, Andre Chase had a blue uh, Chase University sweater. I thought that was so funny, and it was an enjoyable match. I liked yeah. uh, Grayson Waller tried to intimidate Saray, and Andre Chase ends up tripping him, sets Grayson Waller up for Saray's dropkick. I like that. Yeah, Tiffany Stratton I, I ends it. up taking advantage of it, yeah. and... Bodie ends up blowing the air horn. Tiffany Stratton jumps onto him. Saray with that air horn spot. Obviously, the air horn didn't go as planned. She got her leg on the rope, and I very much so appreciate that. Yeah, I thought that was a great, great spot with that, getting that on the rope. But, yeah. After Next that, up we had Ron Wagner... Basically, Robert Stone said that if you step to Von Wagner, he'll demolish them. And that led to Ikemanjiro attacking Von Wagner. So. Yeah. But next up, you had Nikita Lyons pick up the victory over Adriana Grace to advance Ariana Grace to advance in the women's breakout tournament. I mean, expected. Yeah. I like that commentary made mention that Ariana Grace was Beth Phoenix sentimental pick for the winner of this tournament. Hmm. Given that, I guess uh, she has a long history with her father. So I thought that was fun. Yeah. But uh, Uh, after that main event, Natalia picked up the victory over Cora Jade. No, Cora. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Natalia. Yeah, because 
Yeah, this match was awesome, and Cora Jade left it all out there. Um, the crowd was fully behind this match. It was fantastic. Natalia, yeah, it was fantastic, leading to Natalia locking in the sharpshooter. Uh, she locked it in a few times, but she locked it in one more time, and Cora Jade did not tap out. Yeah, she passed That's... out. Shades of WrestleMania 13 with Bret Hart, Stone Cold, and Ken Shamrock. Yeah, totally passed out. But and this was, I... it was fantastic. I like that Cora Jade also used the sharpshooter in this. Uh-huh. And this match, I would say it's one of the best matches within the month at least, maybe even longer that I've seen. Yeah, what I and then at the end of the match, you had Natalia just being like, they all tap out, they all tap that that was just a little bit weird for me, where she was like gloating that they all tap out, they all tap, and then she looks at her, she's like, "You didn't tap, did you? You didn't tap." And then they, it was weird. Wow, it was weird. She repositioned her back to the center twice, and that shows so much. That I think does so much for Cora Jade. Yeah, I thought that was fantastic. Natalia put uh, Finley over for this match. Yeah, big big match for Cora Jade. Yeah, huge. Um, very good match for, for NXT main event, moving over to NXT UK. It was their 200th episode. It opened up with Ashton Smith and Oliver Carter picking up the victory over Gallus to advance to the NXT UK tag team championship match, the triple threat match. that will be taking place. Joe Coffey hurt his knee during this and it kept getting worked. And then he finally tagged Mark in, but eventually called to be tagged back in. And he went for a double jump crossbody, but because his knee, he fell off the top turnbuckle. And Smith and Carter took advantage of that, picked up the victory. And afterwards, Joe was interviewed later on when he was leaving, and he's like, I think I just need time away. So he, I guess we won't see him for a bit. After that, we saw Lash Legend interrupt Amelia McKenzie, and McKenzie was like, literally all you've done since coming to NXT UK is talk. So I assume that'll be a match next week. Then we saw Ivy Nile pick up the victory over Nina Samuels, and I liked this match. It was, um, I thought, a really good ending. We saw Nina Samuels smack the absolute hell out of Ivy Nile when Ivy was on the top rope. So Nile grabs her. Boxer in the Dragon Sleeper, turns it into a Diamond Dust, and then held on to the Sleeper to to make her tap out. I thought that was a really good ending. Um, and then the main event, basically, we saw Ilya Dragunov pick up the victory over Jordan Devlin to retain the NXT UK Championship, which was a Loser Leaves NXT UK match. It was the second time we saw them face off for the championship. Devlin... This match and that match, Cora Jade and Natalia, two of the best matches in this this month, at least. All coming from that. Jordan Devlin hit a crazy brain buster from the middle rope to the top turnbuckle, which left Dragunov tumbling to the outside. Devlin ends up moving out of the way of the Torpedo Moscow, hits a Devlin slide. The ref counts three, but Dragunov has his foot on the rope. Devlin thinks he won. Johnny Saint comes out, restarts the match. And after it restarts, Devlin counters another Torpedo Moscow, hits a Canadian Destroyer. Ilya gets up eventually, boom, smacks his head. Finally hits the Torpedo Moscow, 
fantastic match. I thought that was such a well done match. But that is NXT UK. Moving over to SmackDown. It opens up with RK Bro, Randy Orton saying it's very obvious that it's Roman Reigns as the person making all the decisions for the bloodline. And because they want the titles, they called Roman Reigns out. And instead of Roman Reigns, we saw Sami Zayn come out and say that he speaks for, (laughs) he speaks on behalf of the bloodline. And he was wearing a bloodline shirt as well. But he said that nobody wants the title unification match. And then Randy Orton talked Sami Zayn into a match where if Riddle wins, RK-Bro would get that title shot. And Sammy's like, well, it's just not going to happen on SmackDown. And then Adam Pearce came out, set the match up. Matt Riddle picked up the victory over Sami Zayn. I thought it was a, a nice match. The fans were super behind Matt Riddle in this, especially when Sami Zayn took over the match. I thought that was really good. The The knee that Sammy got hit with when he jumped off the top rope, I thought looked really nice. Riddle hit a few Randy Orton moves. And then he went to win with an RKO. Sami Zayn rolls out of the ring. Riddle, eventually, he's knocked down, just makes it back in before the 10 count. And he's able to hit a bro Derek and pick up the victory there. And the bloodline, they were shown afterwards. Roman Reigns was annoyed that RKO was there. RK bro, sorry. And it's led to a segment, the the main segment at, at the end of SmackDown. And Nakamura ends up making fun of Sami Zayn. After that, we saw Ronda Rousey where she came out. uh, And instead of like high-fiving or fist-bumping people, she had people touching the title, which I thought was a pretty cool thing to do. I'm not sure if I've ever seen somebody like actually actively put the title out to have fans touch it instead of a high-five or something. And I saw one of the kids looked like he was over the moon doing that. So I thought that was pretty cool. But she issued an open challenge. She wants to be a fighting champion. And Raquel Rodriguez answered the challenge. Rousey, of course, defeated Raquel Rodriguez to retain the SmackDown Women's Championship. However, Raquel got a lot of good offense in this. And she controlled a majority of this match, which was very surprising to see. Ronda Rousey at one point reversed the Chingona bomb and Raquel kind of like slams her into the ropes off the reversal. But Ronda Rousey is eventually able to reverse uh, another power bomb from Raquel into a Hurricane Rana pin, picks up the victory. They shook hands afterwards. Backstage, Shotzi Blackheart was complaining to Adam Pierce that it should have been her in the match. I thought it was about to be Shotzi in this match. And Aaliyah interrupted her and said that Shotzi locked her in a locker room while she was on the way to accept the match. And uh, nothing really came of that. They argued, but I'm sure there's going to be some sort of number one contender match coming up. Madcap Moss was interviewed in the ring and he basically said he wants to do so many things. He wants to do a mixed match challenge gimmick with Sasha Banks where they're called the, the Madcap Boss. He wants to win the Money in the Bank briefcase. And then Baron Corbin, Happy Corbin, showed up, attacked him with a chair, wrapped it around Madcap's neck, and smashed the Andre the Giant trophy onto it. And then he got stretchered out. 
After that, we saw Team Bad pick up the victory over Natalia and Shayna Baszler to retain the Women's Tag Team Championships. Decent match. Shayna Baszler at one point tried to win the match by uh, putting her feet on the rope, and Natalia held her feet down to get more leverage. And I thought that was about to be it. But the last second, the referee looks up and sees that Natty's holding her feet down. I did like the the one spot where Sasha Banks went for one of the double team moves and Natty shut it down with the discus clothesline. I thought that was a really, really nice spot. But she goes on to try for a sharpshooter on Naomi and Naomi reversed it into a pin to pick up the victory there. Backstage, we saw Drew Gulak speaking to Ricochet, asking him for advice, but I Really, storyline-wise, don't think Ricochet is the best person to be asking for advice. He's, like, always left off television. But he said the next time he sees Gunter, he's going to put him in his place. And wouldn't you know, he walks around the corner, there's Gunter, there's there's Ludwig. And Gunter slams him across the, the door, rips his shirt off, and chops the heck out of him. After that, we saw Butch pick up the victory over Kofi Kingston. I personally feel like this should have ended at the the PLE, but now that Butch is back in the mix, it's going to continue. Which, uh, I mean, I guess that's fine, but he controlled the majority of this match. And in the end, we saw Sheamus cause a distraction by kneeing Xavier Woods in the face, getting up on the apron. Kofi kicks him off the apron, and Butch takes advantage of that, picks up the victory, runs off through the crowd, and made his way back eventually up the ramp to celebrate. And Sheamus just looked really confused and kind of looked like he was laughing. I thought that was funny. Uh, after that, Sami Zayn approached Paul Heyman just to make sure that Roman Reigns isn't mad at him. And Paul was like, Roman appreciates you. And then we go into the closing segment. The bloodline comes out. It was supposed to be just the Usos, but Roman Reigns said they took everyone out. And nobody wants to step up to him. And he addressed RK-Bro wanting the Usos. And he asked them what they're going to do about it. RK-Bro came out, basically just reiterating that they want the match. They want the tag team championships. And the Usos accepted the match for next week. Riddle feeling really froggy here. Kneeing Roman Reigns in the face, getting the hell out of the ring really quick. And I assume that match next week on Friday is not going to end with a a definitive winner. I feel like Roman Reigns could possibly get involved or something like that. We'll see a a non-finish on that, and it'll go to the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, perhaps. But that is SmackDown. Uh, I'm going to take a quick break right now, and I'll be back with Chris right here on Marking Out. This is third-generation superstar Lance on Hawaii, and you're listening to Marking Out. Back on Marking Out, pro wrestling talk by pro wrestling fans. It's Chris here. I'm back. I've been displaced for the past 12 days of my life. Um, so, But I'm back, and I'm here to talk about wrestling. Brandon, what's going on? Not much. How was your week? Um, it's been hell um, because I recorded the podcast two weeks ago, and then uh, renovations happened on the one bathroom that we have in our house. 
So we have been living at my in-laws' house, been living at my parents' house. I've been here during the day because my computer's here and, like, my work's here. But I couldn't podcast with construction and stuff like that going on. Um, but luckily, the toilet's in, shower's in. Uh, it's about 75% done. They're going to finish the rest tomorrow. But I'm back in my house, and they decided they didn't want to come today, which I'm totally fine with. I could use a day uh, away. <laughs> what does that mean? They decided they didn't want to. Well, no, they're waiting. So, like, this is the thing that, like, <clears throat> irks me. Like, all the pieces for this bathroom are in. Like, they've been in. I don't understand why they're not at my house already. Like, this guy could have finished up everything yesterday, but... They couldn't get the the vanity here. The 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 top marble for the the counter of the vanity wasn't here. You know the toilet wasn't here. And like while we were, I didn't say this like while we were away in Disney, we get a knock on our door. I look and it's the tile company dropping off our tile. I'm like, like and they didn't tell and like the construction company didn't tell us that the tile was being dropped off. Um, so it was. I'm like what? I'm like if that was here like three weeks ago. I'm assuming everything else was probably ordered. They could have put it, like, in my back Florida room or put it somewhere. But, you know, regardless, um, uh, it's it's done. There's a toilet down in my house. It's it's great. It's got two different types of flushes on it. Flush, mm. Flushing for number one and flushing for number two. So um, very, very cool. Um, you know, we did have Mother's Day this past weekend, but it was like I slept at my mom's house. Then had to go to my in-law's house. Then had to go to my sister's house for, like, Mother's Day. Then go back to my mom's house because that's where we were staying for the night. It's just, it's been a wild two weeks. And on top of that, I've worked, I think, almost every single day over the past couple of weeks. Um, so that's it. And uh, I've got more work today. I've got work tomorrow. Then I've got a fun week of independent weekend of independent wrestling ahead of me. But before that, let's talk about professional wrestling. We're going to go back to last Friday and we're going to go to Rampage from the Chesapeake Emplo- uh, Employers Insurance Arena in Baltimore, Maryland. You kick off the show with Tony Storm and Ruby Soho picking up the victory over Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker. All four of these women are in the Owen Hart Foundation tournament, uh, the women's side. And I thought this was a fun um, women's match. And I think it was smart to put uh, the pin on, give Tony Storm the... Uh, the pinfall victory I, I over Britt Baker. I, yeah, I thought it was funny that the crowd was chanting "Pittsburgh sucks." Yeah, well, you know. At her. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, you're a Rangers fan. They're playing the Penguins in the first round, right? Yeah. Okay, that's why she Britt came out with her uh, Penguins uh, jersey in uh, Long Island at the Islanders Arena. But it that, doesn't look uh, doesn't look good for the Rangers. But... Yeah, it's fine. Well, listen, they did better than the Islanders this year. So. Yeah. I liked uh, I liked Ruby Soho and and Tony Storm teaming though. Yeah, very punk rock team. Yeah, I just I really I hated the referee distractions. There were three different spots, and I would have liked to have seen this match go longer. Well, I mean, you got two women's matches on Rampage, so that was fun. Yeah. So, uh, next up after this though, you had a backstage promo with the premier athlete Tony Nese and Mark Sterling, talking how next week Tony Nese wants Danhausen. Uh, then it was announced later on at, at Rampage at Dynamite it was going to be uh, Tony Nese versus Danhausen in his first match. Yeah, how about the uh, the phone call that Eddie Kingston <laughs> made oh, the production yeah, truck right. oh, patch him through? That was definitely not a phone call, right? No, that was definitely not a phone call. It was backstage, and they probably right. put some filters on it. They yeah. probably compressed it a little bit. And it was a unique thing to do. But... Yeah, it was very sports entertainment. 
but uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think I would say sports entertainment, but, but still. Um, next up after this, yeah, more Puck like a radio Pit- show. What? More like a radio show. True. Okay, that's right. Maybe maybe old school like early nineties WWF. Could you go there? Uh, like uh, bite this. <laughs> <laughs> bite this. Wow. Um, next up after this, you have uh, Hook squashing JD Drake. Uh, nice win. Hook is strong, man. I liked him headbutting JD's. So did shot. I. I liked that a lot. He just like kind of flinched off. I thought it was very cool. Uh, but after the match, you have Danhausen walk down, uh, saying uh, Tony Nese has challenged Danhausen. Can you be in his corner? Hook shoves Danhausen, and then Danhausen gives him a bag of potato chips for his birthday with a bow on it. Hook didn't just slap uh, or push Danhausen down for no reason. I know because he was like, getting in his face. Dan Danhausen like put his hands on Hook, trying to like, come on, you know. Yeah, come on, let's be come best on, friends. Man. And then he picked up the chips and he threw them down, and walked off. Yeah, but... slowly building this this relationship. I was Dan I was thinking I was thinking about this last night. I'm lo- and I'll, you know I'm going to talk about it once we get to to dynamite. But uh, next up after this, you have Riho picking up the victory over the magical girl Yuka Sakazaki in a Owen Hart Foundation Women's Tournament qualifier match. Very Joshi match. I thought the match was a, maybe a little bit too long for my taste. Um, but Riho picking up the victory and show not being in her traditional white garments, uh, racking, yeah, rocking I don't know black. why commentary was like trying to force some sort of like thing that wasn't there. What do you mean thing that wasn't she, there? they were like, she's wearing black. She's showing a different side of Riho. And then yeah. she just, it was literally the same exact, like nothing was different from Riho. I yeah. just, I didn't get commentary doing that. Not every color means something. I don't if maybe maybe they were trying to do that like Riho was actually trying to do that but maybe that's to me the, it was like the same exact thing but I enjoyed this match I liked uh, Yuka hit a, a very nice top rope flatliner I know but that, that should I, but I like liked. I feel like with a match like a, a move like that that should have been a, a three count perhaps if you're gonna hit for a top me, rope death for me trip, you my know? my one major complaint from this was that it looked like Riho won the match with her leg under the rope Okay. That's like the only real complaint for me. Okay. Wow. Outside of that, I like for these Owen Hart qualifiers and everything, I feel like the tournament's been like very predictable. Yeah. Like Rio, the last time I can agree with that. that. The last time we saw Rio on TV, she was injured. She got, she was, it was uh, January. Yes. And they, they, they flashed back to that. It was in a match against Brett Baker. The last time she was on TV was July. Wow. Almost a year ago. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I mean, it's very predictable, but no. After that, Sean Spears backstage spoke about Wardlow beating W. Morrissey, and he referred to himself as Wardlow's kryptonite. We Do we see anything happening with this? What, Sean Spears? Yeah. You did not pay attention to Dynamite, did you? Well, what do you mean? Well, get... He's having a match against Sean Spears in a steel cage. I know I'm jumping ahead of myself here. No, no, but, like, is Sean Spears actually going to be Wardlow's kryptonite? No. But, again, still, that like, <laughs> they foreshadowed that something was going to happen on Wednesday between Sean Spears, and they they kind of set it up that you know, they're going to have another match. But we'll talk about that when we get to Dynamite. Uh, you have Dan Lambert in the ring talking about how much uh, Baltimore sucks, even though he's from there. 
Uh, Ethan Page had a said they had a team meeting and they said this mixed tag match they're going to have is off. Uh, and is they, it weird? Like I feel like they were heels, then they were faces, now they're heels again. Well, I think it's they were heels and then they're faces and now they're heels again, but they're going to get a face response because nobody likes Sammy and Ty. And, yeah, it, and they're you know also love, like you know what I love the best that like Tony Khan's like yep. No one likes them. We were totally wrong. <laughs> Thinking that, you know, everybody loves Sammy. Everybody, like, Ty, put him together. Everyone's going to like him. No, and it's it's obnoxious. And I've said this numerous times on the show. Right. So, um, but, but, yeah, I, then Kazarian interrupted and made fun of Ethan Page and compared him and Dan Lambert to Sammy and Ty Conti. But right. he's out there for the TNT Championship. And Ethan Page is like, SCU is dead. Yeah. But... Because Scorpio Sky wants to bring respect back to that TNT championship, he wants to be a fighting champion, Kazarian will get his his title shot. Good. Awesome. And it's going to be a great match. Absolutely. After that, we saw Jungle Boy attack Ricky Starks, just setting up for Dynamite. Yeah. So, cool. Um, And then your main event time, you have Jay Lethal picking up the victory of Konosuke Takeshita. Takeshita? Okay, I knew. I watched it yesterday. I'm like, I have to remember this name. And I forgot it again. I suck. I have never heard of him before. This dude is fantastic. I know he's one of the DDT Pro guys or whatever, but I was blown away by the moves he was doing. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, he was fantastic. I thought he was very good. Um, People might get on me for that, but I think... He would be a fantastic fit if used properly anywhere. And honestly, well, he's gonna be in, he's gonna be on Dynamite next week. But in NXT, I would love oh, to God, see him face go. off of like Nathan Fraser. Who was who? He was Ben Carter in AEW, and WWE saw him, was impressed, snapped him up like that before AEW could even sign him. Okay, I think it was uh, was it Britt Baker who brought him in to AEW? Really? He is trained by Seth Rollins. Yes, I know that. Seth freaking Rollins because he's not Seth yeah. Rollins anymore, and, and they he like blew everybody away when he appeared on AEW, and then I think he did one match with Impact, and WWE was like, "Brother, come work for NXT UK." Yeah, we'll bring that NXT. But anyway, let's get back to AEW here. Um, I thought fantastic match. Jay Lethal picks up the victory, and then they do a post match beatdown of uh, Te- I forgot his name. Takeska. Takeska. Yep, and then. Trent, Chuck Taylor, Orange Cassidy make their way to the ring. Um, and Chuck, uh, they all... Bro. Get, what? Orange Cassidy literally just watched everything happen. Yeah, but that's an Orange Cassidy thing to do. And then he drops down from the apron for Samoa Joe to come back with a pipe. Yeah, which is great. But again, like, you know what? You, we said it a couple weeks ago. Like, since Jay Lethal has come in, he really hasn't do anything. Now he's got this, like, Ring of Honor storyline going on. They're bringing in this new talent that they're trying to hype up at Saddam Singh. Um... <laughs> and he what? watched his best friends get beat down. He didn't do anything. I know, but this is that's Orange Cassidy because <laughs> he probably knew he's like, oh, someone's gonna come out, and he set it up perfectly for Joe to come out with a lead pipe, and then security comes out, Pat Buck runs out, uh, the pipe goes flying, you hear it clank, uh, and that is AEW uh, rampage from that week. I think the the main event in the opening match should have been switched. You think so? Yeah. Um, because because uh... nothing because literally nothing came from. The end of Rampage? I could see that, but, you know, it's this story. It, it, just working this Ring of Honor storyline with Samoa Joe and Jay Lethal, so. It's like, how do you go to that to a problem? But I could, I could see. I could see both ways, so. 
Yeah. That was that. Next up, you have AEW Dynamite hailing from the UBS Arena in Long Island, New York at Belmont Park. JR says something about horses in the opening. <laughs> He's like, yep, yeah, horses. I was like, what? <laughs> I mean, there are horse races there, no? Yes, there is. I have a friend that works uh, at Belmont. I would like to really push that. It's the To me, it's the 2400 Arena. Was well, it the 2400 Arena? Well, we have the ECW Arena is the 2300 Arena. Yeah. And the address to this arena is 2400. I know, but it's not called... It, well, I'm saying the 20... I'd, like to, I'd like to push based off of the address. That's right, what Brandon. the 23... What was it? 23 Ritter or whatever? Rittner and Swanson. 2300? Yes. So, I mean, why not pay a little tribute to ECW? Well, why, why do they have to pay attention to ECW? WWE owns ECW. What do you mean? I'm a wrestling fan. I'm gonna if it's a brand new venue made just randomly on a, a street that almost correlates to ECW. Come on, nah, whatever. Anyway, uh, Adam Cole picks up a victory in the first match in the Owen Hart Foundation Men's Tournament Qualifiers. I liked. You saw Martha Hart, Doctor Martha Hart, for the first time in over 20 years in some sort of professional wrestling landscape. Did you see the- Dax trashing their? Or I don't know if it was production or what you would call it, the graphics department for spelling his name wrong. Oh yeah, hard dude. Yeah, and they they also on his figure too. It's, it's hard spelled wood. wrong on it's spelled yeah. hardwood on his figure. It's called hardwood, not hardwood. To be honest, though, like for months I thought his name was Dax Hardwood. I've been called a Crandall. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, Adam Cole gets the win with the sharpshooter. Adam oh, Cole tuning up the band. Yeah. Going for a sweet chin music in the match. We saw Dax duck that, and he did eventually land that super kick. So I thought that was cool. And obviously Dax used the sharpshooter as well, and he ha- had to let him go due to the bad ribs. Yeah, for sure. But and I then, great wrestling match to start the show. Yeah, got bumped on uh, bump from the apron. Almost didn't make it back in, and when he did, boom, sharpshooter. And also, too, uh, when Adam Cole's coming out, there was a nice tight shot of my kid's former pediatrician being a mark. <laughs> I'm sitting, I'm sitting, I'm sitting there uh, like at my in-laws' house, eating my dinner, watching it, and I'm just like, oh my god, it's my kid's former pediatrician looking like a mark. That wasn't that wasn't the only time you saw him. Uh, but yeah, awesome. Adam Cole uh, advances. Do you think again? You know, we we spoke about it a couple minutes ago. With the fact that these are all these matches so far have kind of been predictable, do you think this was predictable, or do you think oh, because 100%. they, yeah, or do you think because like, you know, they made such a hard sell of every, how important Bret Hart was to Dax Harwood that they would have given him a little bit more legs in this tournament? No, I thought a hundred percent it was, and the only for me the only match that wasn't predictable was FTR versus FTR? Dax because oh FTR versus was, was FTR Dax versus Cash because I thought for sure Cash was the one going through. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next up, you have CM Punk trying to get some real heat at UBS Arena wearing a John Tavares Islanders jersey. Um, booed before he turned around and revealed that it was a Tavares jersey. Yeah, because he's a diehard Blackhawks fan. He's just trying to do that to get the pop. Um, but he comes out to face John Silver. Hangman Page is on commentary. Um, I'm Again, I say this all the time, especially a guy that we've been following for most of the length of this podcast. The fact that John Silver gets to put be put in high-profile situations like this against a legend in CM Punk, and he looked great in the match. 
I thought he looked really good. He was super over, uh, but obviously CM Punk gets the win here. With the buckshot lariat while Hangman Adam Page is on commentary. Heat. Trying to get heat. And then Hangman and Punk went face-to-face afterwards, and Punk's like, it's not personal. It's the title. The title is just business. Yeah. And, uh, and Adam Page Punk flips him off. wanted a handshake, and he got flipped off. Yeah. I still don't, for me, doesn't feel like a main event feud. And it also feels like this was the go-home show to double or nothing. There's still three weeks left, so there's still <laughs> way more. Did it feel like it was the go-home show to you or no? No, not at all. Like, they did the contract signing. They did this face-to-face almost uh, Yeah, but there's a so much more everything. to that contract signing, too, that you're going right, to get in the next yeah. weeks. And that was unfolded, too. Um, next up after this, you had the debuting Danhausen. Have a quick loss to Tony Nese. This was about to be the first time I ever saw Danhausen wrestle a match. Really? Yeah. You've never seen Danhausen wrestle before. I have. I've seen like all his clips. I've seen never once have I ever seen Danhausen do a wrestling move. Wow! You and need to go on the internet, still, and look up stuff, look up him versus Psycho seen, Mike Rollins. I've still not seen Danhausen wrestle. Wow! But Dan <laughs> this ha- was all Tony Nese. It was two moves. It was Dan- and Nice afterwards. He hit the running Nice again. But like I was thinking again, I was thinking about this last night too. It like Danhausen has said in interviews that like he kind of gets his inspiration for the Danhausen character from like Conan O'Brien from Mister Burns. So this was a very you know hey look at me I'm Danhausen I'm all powerful I'm gonna get lose in two seconds. It, it it's it works. It yeah. works. It works perfectly. I thought it was great. And um, Tony Nice went for a third. Yeah. Running well, Nice, I think. You have to have you have to say that Mark Sterling is in there, you know, saying uh trying to get some super heat. By the way, what a suit on Mark Sterling. Yeah, uh, it was a very John Cena esque suit. Well, no, it I'm looked just very like, sharp. Everybody was trying to do the blue and orange because you know they're an Isle just territory. Right, yeah. But I've I there are pictures of John Cena in that like same exact suit. Well, I can't say the same exact suit, but color scheme. Mm-hmm. So smart mark looks super sharp, I would say that. Yeah. So but anyway. Tony Nice tries to go for a third running Nice, and Hook comes out, walks down to the ring. Nice and Sterling bail, and Danhausen extends a hand to Hook, and he shakes his hands, and we have Hookhausen now. Later, fans in- went absolutely bonkers. They were watching Daniel Bryan, uh, Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega before it even started, yeah. going nuts for a Hook handshake. Yeah, I know he was awesome. <laughs> it was a lot. It was a lot of fun. But like again, like I talked about this like story arc here between Danhausen and Hook. You know, all we've seen Hook so far is just do singles, essentially squash matches. So now we're going to get to see him in a tag match, and you know at double or nothing, <laughs> you're going to have Danhausen take all, like, the first brunt of offense from Nice. Well, you know, they announced in the buy-in it's going to be Nice and Mark Sterling in his first, uh, second wrestling match in All Elite Wrestling to face off against Hookhausen. So you know Danhausen's not going to get any offense in, oh. and then he's going to get the tag to hook, and the place is going to go ballistic. Road Warrior pop. And it's going to be it's gonna be wild. In Chicago. No, it's in Vegas. Oh, Vegas. Okay. Yeah. I also uh, I liked when Jim Ross later on said something to Taz about uh, having Danhausen over for Thanksgiving, I think. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Yeah, it was very funny. Um, but next up, after this, you had the uh, contract signing between Wardlow and MJF, who got a epic uh, dark side of the ring uh, vignette uh, to enter uh, to enter in, and it's just bizarro world, man. 
That was the only thing I didn't like. What? The video itself I, I liked, but the fact that it was like a dark side gimmick, I I didn't like that. I thought it was very well shot. Jericho narrating it at first. He goes, I'm not narrating this. I thought that was kind He's of like, funny. Wait a How much is he paying? Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> Barry Horowitz being oh, that was I good. was legendary Jewish professional wrestler. <laughs> I thought that was funny. That was so good. But it's just but, like, uh, everywhere, like, next week, MJF is going to get booed out of the building. The week Obviously, after, yeah. MJ's get, get, is going to get booed out of the building. I Here? mean, this week, we, we had Wardlow getting booed out of the building. I don't think he was booed out of the building. People people were booing him hard. It, but... it wasn't as heavy as CM Punk was the last time they were at UBS. Yeah, for sure. But he was booed. He was more booed than... he. I mean, he was booed. Yeah. He wouldn't normally be booed. Yeah, I know. But I, I, I don't think... I think the hook... Dan Housen pop was bigger than when MJF came out. Um, perhaps. Yeah, but I did like MJF kind of like parodying CM Punk's entrance with the fans. Oh yeah, well you know everybody on Long Island loves him. We saw some uh, familiar faces in that segment. Yeah, the Creative Pro security staff. Absolute Alvin. We saw Jack Tomlinson. Kevin Matthews was there. Kevin Matthews. Aaron Rourke was there. Uh, Eric James was in that squad as well. Who else was in there? I don't know. I forget who else. Um, Which I think it's like weird to see Kevin Matthews and stuff like that. Who cares? So but I a just, payday's a like payday, brother. Just, no, I'm not saying it's like a bad thing or anything. Um, so MJF says he loves Long Island, even the poor people. He still loves them. Which I, th- yeah, I think that was the guys in the nosebleeds. That was funny. Yeah, I thought that was that. That was like which, by the way, those nosebleeds are not cheap seats. I, oh yeah. I didn't. No, I think the cheapest seat was like with fees and everything would have been like forty or fifty bucks, something like yeah, that. Yeah, but it was like a fifteen dollar seat with thirty five dollars in Ticketmaster charges. Yeah. Um, but MJF lays down the rules. First Before that, teased leaving AEW. But apparently you know, and then the sheets picked up on it. Apparently he's leaving after twenty twenty four. That sounds like he's feeding sheets to be the NWO. Get a bigger payday or something like that. I don't know. But, I wouldn't put it past. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, if he we, does obviously leave, we don't know. Yeah, if he does leave. WWE will throw the book at him. I, you know, I, you know, I don't even know if WWE is gonna, not going to throw the book at him. If he goes to WWE, he can't be MJF the way MJF oh, is. Oh, absolutely not. So he's going to be I, PGF. I know a lot of people could think like yeah, <laughs> I just made that up right now. Oh my god. A lot of people would would probably say that MJF will not work in WWE, but I think he very much so could and with a modified promo like he like obviously he can't go out calling people curse words and stuff. Yeah. So uh, but MJF went over those rules and one of them was that Wardlow will be whipped 10 times. Use the Sean Spears reference in there, too. Nice. I don't know why they're so obsessed with whipping people. I Well, I don't know. They, they, they don't, <laughs> they've done it once before with Cody Rhodes. Was it once or yeah. not? I thought it was twice before. No, it was, it was with the Cody Rhodes-MJF uh, feud. Right. But uh, he's going to whip Wardlow and... Went over how many times it was going to be and then had Sean Spears I do the 10, that. which I, I popped for that. <laughs> I, I didn't know you were talking about that because you said Sean Spears. Yeah, he used the Sean Spears reference, a little 10. He's right. The 10 I, well, that's Ty Dillinger. Yeah, whatever. It's still so it's that's Sean why, Spears. That's why my brain didn't register. That's what you were talking I about. Know, so. But uh, I popped for that. 
Yes, you did. Of course you did. Oh my god, a WWE reference on AEW. I like I first of all, I liked Ty Dillinger. There's no second of all. <laughs> well, the second thing that he has to do is he has to face uh, he has to face Sean Spears in a steel cage match with MJF being the referee. So, uh yeah. And if he loses then he'll never be able to sign with AEW. I know. So maybe he'll sign with the Ring of Honor and just wrestle in AEW. <laughs> Uh, but uh, no, funny. I see. I see Wardlow going all the way on this one. I'm seeing. Maybe... It's. I think it's very obvious that the outcome would be Wardlow winning the cage, winning against MJF a double MJF. or nothing. It, he got ten lashes from MJF. He's going to give MJF ten power bombs. Yeah, that you can call it right there. That that's how the match could end. But anyway, they try to lock uh, Wardlow made back a up. Bi- he, made a big mistake. He uncuffed him. To sign the contract. He faked that he couldn't sign in cuffs. What an idiot. Yeah, I know. But anyway, and then <laughs> Bedlam ensues, beats up everybody, and then power bombs Smart Mark Smart Sterling through a table. Yeah, Smart Mark putting himself on the line to save MJF. I hope he's okay by uh, tomorrow because I could see him try to uh, win the Creator Pro Tag Team titles. Mm. So, Who's his partner? Swoggle. Oh. Yeah. Better and, Call uh, Small. That's the name Swag. of the tag team. Better call Saul? Small. Oh, small. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, it absolutely is. Um, but, yeah. Uh, takes power bomb, and that's uh, that's it. So next week we're going to see Wardlow get lashed. Yeah. So. After that, we saw Ricky Starks pick up the victory over Jungle Boy to retain the FTW championship. Uh, Shane Strickland ran down to make Ricky Starks get back in the ring, and then Jungle Boy pinned him for a long time. A real long time. Referee was distracted with uh, with uh, Strickland, and Ricky Starks took advantage of that. He hit the, the Rochambeau, picked up the victory. And then we saw Powerhouse Hobbs come out. Christian and Luchasaurus came out. Keith Lee came out. And Jungle Boy ultimately was d- disappointed that he lost the match, and Christian... Slowly teasing, maybe uh, I'm going to call you a loser again. Maybe I'm going to attack you, but he hugs him instead. So maybe I know there's people on the internet saying this better not lead to a triple threat match again. A triple threat tag team match? Yeah, because we just saw it at the last pay per view. But could we? But it's 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 two different teams. Yeah, but again, it's the same like sort of concept, I guess. Okay, but. Maybe uh, maybe a TLC match. I wouldn't mind something like that. Double or nothing between the three teams. All right, maybe. I don't I don't actually see them doing a TLC match, but whatever. I mean, do they have an equivalent? I don't know if they do. Uh, Tables, I... ladders, chairs, and barbed wire, and thumbtacks. <laughs> yeah, thumbtacks. Thumbtacks, thumbtacks, and thumbtacks. <laughs> That's the T. It's no tables. It's thumbtacks. It's a TTT match. Uh, next up after this, you had the Jericho Appreciation Society victory speech where, you know, they start talking how they're great. Jericho's the wizard. Now, I don't know if you know, knew this, but you probably didn't realize it. Jericho, when he introduced himself on Rampage last week, he goes, yep, I'm the wizard. That's from the beginning of the song, The Wizard by Black Sabbath. I did not know well, that. You learned something today. Huzzah. Anyway. Whenever I hear wizard, I think of one thing, and that one thing you only. Think of full, you think of full Nelsons. I think of full Nelsons. That's it. 
So anyway, they essentially they say they eliminated Santana, Ortiz, Eddie Kingston. Um, you know, stay home, uh, take care of your wife, take care of your kids. Then John Moxley comes out, makes his way to the ringside, and then Brian Danielson, Wheeler Yuta, William Regal come out, and then Jericho goes, "Oh, it's four on, it's four of you and five on, five of us," and then Eddie Kingston. Santana and Ortiz come from behind and essentially babyfaces take out the Jericho Appreciation Society. And William Regal punches Chris Jericho with his right hand right in the face. So next week we're going to get a a promo between William Regal and Chris Jericho. That'll be awesome. Um, And do you think this will set up the next Blood and Guts match? But, like, so for me this was, like, so confusing. Why? Because... What does the Blackpool Combat Club have anything people, to do? Yeah, but it made no sense. And now that it now it's it's seven on five. So who's gonna be the other hmm. either one or two coming to the Jericho Appreciation Society? Um that's a really interesting maybe they bring us somebody like uh, Cesaro to be the next member. We it's do like I just I didn't get how any of that segment made sense i thought well oh, I, mean, I, I went into it i'm like obviously santana ortiz and eddie kingston will be in this segment but they need to even it up to to get to the five on five also and we I, already said we need lax or something like that you're not gonna see wheeler yuda because best of super junior starts so maybe wheeler yuda was just out here this week for the sake of it and then next week you won't see him um, so that could be that's. But an where's option. the best of the supers? Is that in Japan, Japan. or is it going to be Japan. California? In Japan. Ace Austin posted a picture on his Twitter the other day of a uh, Tokyo Dome Hotel. So yeah, so I don't. Uh, I really, I just didn't understand that segment why all that ensued. But I popped for Regal yeah, doing that to Chris awesome. Jericho. Absolutely. And they obviously they come the commentary mentioned it. They have a, a long history with each other. Yeah. It's one of the matches sure. I got back. to see in a, a steel cage match, William Regal and Jericho. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Oh, wow. After that, they aired a video package for Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb. Yep. Uh, yeah. A lot of people saying Britt Baker got way more TV time as champion than Thunder Rosa. Well, there's a lot more going on now with the women's division, especially with the Owen Hart tournament. Um,. So, I mean, that's I, I feel like maybe that's their kind of main focus right now. AEW is this Owen Hart tournament um, and having a lot of matches for it. So, if you have to put the title, the women's title on the back burner to, to do this, just, you know, after this Owen Hart tournament is done, bring uh, bring your focus back to your women's division. Um, you know, you haven't even seen the TBS championship. I mean, we didn't get you into the baddie section, unfortunately. No, we didn't. And that segment annoys me also why that you didn't get to the baddie section <laughs> yeah, i'm so pissed <laughs> no they aired a, a segment on uh i don't know if it's gonna air on rampage or what but it was online it was like a, a video that they posted online hikaru sheet is out of the tournament yes okay no this was that was on rampage i thought we just didn't talk about it and chris statlander's in that and she's facing red velvet in the first round it literally I want to say it pisses me off. Why? For me, I want to see Tony Storm and Hikaru Shida go to the finals. Yeah, but unfortunately... In, They're it, working this injury angle. Hikaru Shida's over in Japan wrestling two-hour matches. Oh, yeah? I don't understand why even have her in the first place if you're going to 
take her out of the tournament. I don't know, but I'm I'm stoked to see Chris Statlander in the tournament. Hopefully, she beats Red Velvet. Um, I think it's revealed that Statlander's replacing her on this tonight's rampage. Oh, really? So she? I guess she wrestled because I didn't. I didn't hear that part. It was just that Hikaru Shida's injured. Yeah, they said Hikaru Shida's out. Statlander's in. Hmm. So, uh, but you had did have one women's tournament qual- uh, quarterfinal match for the Owen Hart Foundation uh, tournament. As Tony Storm picks up the victory over Jamie Hayter. Bruh. What a fantastic man. This is like a strong style, very Japanese inspired women's wrestling match. I thought it was great. Um Tony Storm's the Storm Zero What was the Storm Zero when she was in WWE? Brother. What? Brother, brother. The Storm Zero has changed so many times. When she first came into WWE, I think it was the Tiger Driver. Okay. Um or I don't know if it was either. It was either the Tiger Drive when she first came in, or the Air Raid Knee. Okay, one of the two. And now I guess it's the the Pile Driver, the Spike Pile Driver. Yeah, which is weird because she used to have the Strong Zero. That was the the jumping one. Yeah. Well, that's Trent's move. Mm. Yeah, that Trent's been using that since he's been a day one AW guy. But um, I thought this match was great. I thought the very back and forth of it was very good. I mean, you kind of knew Tony Storm was gonna. Win? I just I hope she wins the whole thing. We have the whole factor of who's the Joker in both tournaments. Yeah, so let's talk about that. So Britt Baker faces the Joker. Who do you think the Joker could be on the women's side? I can't even, <laughs> like, try to guess. You can't say it's Mia Yim because she's signed to Impact now. The uh, only, like, feasible thing would be, like, for for it to be big Maki enough. Maki Aido? Maki Aido. Hmm. <laughs> Imagine. That'd be awesome. But it's like, it has to be, to me, a big enough, a big enough name. And if that name is big enough, are they going over on Samoa Joe? Are they going over on Britt Baker? Yeah, I know. That's the thing. The only way I could see Samoa Joe losing is if there's outside interference from Jay Lethal and his little trio that he has going on. And that's a lot of people. And that's also, that's a thing that aired on Dynamite where they were backstage and Sanjay and Jay Lethal were like, it's not Satnam Singh. He's not the Joker, but we know who it is. Yeah. So whoever that Joker is coming in to face Samoa Joe seems like it's going to be paired with them. So that's where people are like, oh my God, Cesaro is going to be the Joker. I don't want to see Cesaro anywhere near them. Maybe they just bring him in and he does his thing, wins the whole tournament. I can't see that happening. Why? I just, I can't. Okay. Uh, and I don't want to see Cesaro anywhere near Satnam Singh and Sanjay Dutton. Look, they just Jay bring Lee. him in, and then he branches out on his own. And we all know, and I think I think AEW officials know that you have to you bring a guy like Cesaro in. You just you have to take the fisticuffs off of him and let him do his thing. He right. can talk on the microphone. Yeah, you, you have somebody introduce him and bring him in, and then like after the match, you have like Jay Lethal hold his hand up, like yeah, we beat Samoa Joe, and then he just beats the living crap out of him. All of who's them. A, who's another like unused Ring of Honor guy? Um, un- because it's a very heavily focused Ring of Honor feud. Yeah, hmm. I'm trying to think, who else could you bring in? Even for for Britt Baker, it's like Jonathan freaking Gresham. Yeah, that's but that's. Uh... Yeah, but yeah, you can't have Samoa Joe face off against the Ring of Honor World Champion. The Ring of Honor World Champion lose. Right. Um, I don't know. Only time. PCO. <laughs> <laughs> no, PCO's Impact now. Mm. Yeah, he signed to Impact. Uh, so anyway, 
After that, you have your main event. Jeff Hardy picking up the victory over Darby Allin in an Anything Goes match. This wasn't a match. It was a car crash. I was not... I, I The only thing that I was a fan... I wasn't a fan of this match at all. The only thing I was a fan of in this match was the fact that Jeff Hardy won with a roll-up. <laughs> That's the only thing I was... And, and like they pointed out to was like, Wow, Jeff Hardy was a no-holds-bar-anything-goes uh, no uh, match with a roll-up. It yeah, just... we saw Darby dive off that giant ladder onto Jeff Hardy, which Jeff Hardy, <clears throat> selling, has to stand up to catch him because he realizes that Darby's Got going to... too far. Yeah. Uh, hits the swanton spot to Darby on the steel steps when Darby moved. Which that was, was terrible. We have seen that. I think it was to Bobby Lashley in Impact. But it was um, just like... Darby hit the coffin drop on the, the ring apron, I think. He, he missed... The coffin drop. Right, missed it. He did hit the the coffin drop eventually, and that led to the roll-up. I thought it was a decent match, but I just thought, I just didn't think it was appropriate for the Owen Hart tournament. And, like, and I, 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 um, but with these two guys, like, this is, I understand, like, this is the match you have to have between these two guys, and the, you have to have the spots, because these are the two, you know, everyone says Darby Allen's the new Jeff Hardy. Oh, Jeff Hardy's but still doing it at 40 freaking something years old. Just don't do it in an Owen Hart tournament match. Whatever. It, it got everybody popping. I wasn't, I wasn't a fan of the match itself. I didn't even think it was a wrestling match. It was just like, you know, hey, and this is, this is coming from a guy who's a, a fan of deathmatch wrestling. Um, it just it was just spot 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 spot. Where's the psychology, brother? No, I'm kidding. But like any other time, they could have had it. Jeff Hardy now goes on next week to face off against Adam Cole. I think that's a first time ever match, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I definitely see Adam Cole picking up the victory there. Uh, yeah. So then rampage this week. Jeff gets... Hardy, the only person to face Owen Hart ever. Yeah, in so. this uh, tournament. Or maybe they'll give him a long run. You did, you did see the Young Bucks and the, all this, the Undisputed Elite come out afterwards. So, this week on AEW Rampage, though, you, you got it yesterday, or you're getting it if you're listening to this show at 10.30. Uh, Ruby Soho versus Rio in a quarterfinal matchup for the Owen Hart Foundation Women's Tournament. You're going to have Scorpio Sky defend his TNT Championship against Frankie Kazarian and Death Triangle. You're reuniting for the first time since uh, Ray Phoenix came back, facing off against the Butchers of Blade and Mark Quinn. I bet the the people you said first all win. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. It's gonna it's gonna be Ruby Soho. It's Scorpio's guys gonna win, and it's gonna be Death, death Triangle. Yeah. Their right. first match back. You have to put them over. So uh, anyway, that was all elite wrestling. I mentioned it before. Um, I have a big weekend of independent wrestling coming up. Uh, nothing Friday. Nothing tonight. But tomorrow at the sold out all sports Melville. Creative Pro Wrestling presents the Grand Stage. Um, as Creative Pro owner, part owner, Brian Myers said this week on the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast, it's kind of like a homecoming for a lot of these big stars of professional wrestling to come back and wrestle for Creative Pro. Um, you have the Creative Pro, the Cap TV Championship on the line as Aaron Rourke defends against uh, the controversial VSK, Bear Bronson, and Bobby Orlando. Uh, Pat Buck. Returning to Creative Pro, facing off against Slade in a Long Island street fight. Uh, you're going to have, as I said before, the Creative Pro Tag Championships on the line as Jack Tomlinson and Dante Drago defend against Smart Mark Sterling and Swaggle. Max Caster will be facing off against Joey Avalon. 
you're gonna have the create a king of the king of cap uh, battle royal, which is gonna see favorites like CPA, Kevin Tibbs, the Even Stevens, Evil Kip, Jay George. Phil Cardigan, uh, the guy and, from Barstool in there, and Brandon Walker. You got, you got to hype. You, you can't just throw him out first. You got, you got to lean into it. Brandon Walker, host of Barstool's Wrestling, will be in this battle royal. I fully expect him to win, um, because the coverage, <laughs> the coverage of this event is going to be wild. Because not only you have Brandon F. Walker who's going to be in this, you have Hook making his first independent wrestling uh, show ever. As Carlo Weiss is calling him out, Chris. Wait, Sta- wait, wait. With that that battle royal, what if MJF costs him the match? I, I mean, that place we have seen that. we've seen history between him and and MJF. Yeah, and they just had a, an interview uh, this week that was on uh, wrestling. Yeah, for back. And we all know how much MJF loves him. <laughs> loves him so much. It was, you know what, like. That interview, I don't know if you watched the most recent one that came out like two days ago. I saw just clips. It's like he's – Brandon's trying to interview the uh, – trying to do like the intro. And then MJF just takes the smallest sip of water and just holds it out. He's like <laughs> – I think in the – I think it was the second interview where MJF made him lower his seat. Yes. That was very funny. That's funny. Um, what else do I have to say? Oh, you, female women's action is Chris Statler is facing off against Sierra and Chelsea Green. So that's going to be awesome. You're going to have the major players, Brian Myers and Matt Cardona, facing off against the Dark Orders, John Silver and Alex Reynolds. Uh, and then for the Creative Pro Championship, Eric James will be defending against Bryce Donovan. Um, you need so, to get your uh, Johnny Silver sign? What Johnny Silver sign? Didn't you get a John Silver figure? Yeah, but I took it out of the box. It's in my display. Oh, I thought you kept it mint nah, on card. No, I, certain things I keep mint on card. Certain things I don't keep mint on card. Meanwhile, for the life of me, I can't find a silver figure. Really? I saw like and the, and the ones that are, are like appropriate prices on eBay are like no cards, mint on card. It's like, what do you mean mint on card? It's not no, mint on card. No, but you don't have the cards. The, the cards are in there. They have tops yeah. like a three pack of tops cards. Yeah. I, I got a Chris Jericho in mine. I don't know how much it's gonna be. It makes no sense that they they write mock on the, the the auction if it's got missing cards. Yeah, for sure. How'd you get the cards out? I opened the box. I ripped open the entire box. John Silver's sitting in my display right now. But I'm saying like that's like uh, the only way to oh, open how? Okay. to get a... those cards is to open the box. Yeah, true. So maybe I... mint on card meets something else. I don't know. So I maybe maybe there's a way to sneak it out. So. Um, yeah, so Creative Pro is going to be awesome Saturday night, going with a uh, good friend of the show, Anthony, and we're go- uh, the Filthy F and Casual Boys are going to be there, so we're going to have a nice, uh, fun night. And then Sunday night, same place, all sports in Melville, you have FWF Live 3. If you're familiar with this, this was a started off as a podcast, rebooking the Attitude Era with wrestling figures, which then turned into a live show. There was two of them that were taped and now this is the first one they're doing live you could order it live on fight tv which is awesome you're gonna have a uh four-way uh fatal four-way between cpa and phil cardigan versus the shook crew versus stang and steve believe versus the main events the winner of that gets an fwf tag team titles match against the headbangers which is pretty cool pretty cool that in 2020 i could see the uh headbangers live yeah, I'm very jealous of that. I know. I think I'm going to get my micro brawlers signed by them. I kept those in the box for that reason. I was like one of the biggest headbanger fans. I'm such a headbanger fan. My dad, I think, met them at a random like charity dinner. Okay. 
So I have their autographs from 1997, I think. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Eric James and Jack Tomlinson will be facing off against Little Guido and Johnny Cash. Johnny Clash, excuse me, Johnny Cash, sorry. Uh, you're going to have the J. George Open Challenge, which has been a uh, was at FWF Live 2, which is fun. You're going to have Rory Fox, Rapid Delivery Rory Fox, facing off against Brian Myers. I know recently Rory did get injured, so I don't know if he'll be in the match or there'll be a substitute. You're going to see Maven versus Brian Myers, maybe? <laughs> oh, my God, that'd be awesome. Bro, if you see Maven wrestle, I'll be so disappointed <laughs> the FW- we're not disappointed i'll be very jealous i should say the fwf interstate championship will be on the line when uh interstate champion heath will be facing off against trey miguel blake christian and aaron rourke uh these gonna- two cards are super stacked there's two they're both of them are super stacked you have effie facing off against smart mark sterling if effie wins effie is gonna get a it will be in the next line of the major bendies uh, if smart <laughs> if smart Mark wins, he uh, gets a repaint of his figure. Well, we know who's winning that. Effie. Yeah. Uh, well, listen, hey, people will buy his figure. He's got a very hardcore fan base. Yeah. Uh, the FWF hardcore title will be on the line when Max Smashmaster, the hardcore champion, will be defending against always ready Matt Cardona. Uh, Nick Gage will be making an appearance, which is somebody I'm definitely going to get a, an autograph from. <laughs> You're gonna have Deanna Perrazzo against Chelsea Green, a match I think I'm That's really just it's gonna be outstanding. Chef's kiss, man. I know the the Mickey's Chef Mickey's kiss, as you could say. I'm like I'm literally super jealous of anybody at these two shows. Well, listen, Brandon, if you order it today, which is Friday, you can get a call from Matt Cardona thanking you for ordering it. <laughs> like yesterday was Smart Mark Sterling, and then yeah, Wednesday I saw with Brian the... the other day too. And then the FWF Championship will be on the line when the controversial. VSK will be defending his championship against Dirty Dango. So, hell of a show. Also, another dope match. Yeah. Big O is, is booked, too. Big O, Big O. Big O. Uh, Scotty Too Hot, he's going to be there. Oh, man, it's just getting more and more, like, ugh, who jealousy else? grows. Yeah, uh, let's see. Let's see. Who else is booked on this? Let me, where's like, the... the fact that the Headbangers are on that show and Scotty Too Hotty, that's, like, two of my favorite tag teams. <sighs> I know. We're going to go early, get a bunch of stuff autographed. Uh, who else is on here? Big O's book, Scotty Tuhati. Scotty to autograph your worm? <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> Slade's on this, too. The Sandman's booked. Sandman, too. Yeah. My Nana's favorite wrestler. Was the Sandman? Why? Because she yeah. like to smoke cigarette and drink beers, too? No. No, <laughs> she doesn't smoke or drink. When we went to my very first independent wrestling show in 2003, where I met a very young and up-and-coming CM Punk, Wow, um, Sandman was one of the the guys on the card, and we had bought. Um, it was just like a ticket to get into the event to, like the meet and greet. Okay, and Sandman was like, "You don't have a seat? Are you kidding me?" And he goes, "I'm taking these two seats," and he <laughs> he said, "Sit here, and if anybody gives you any trouble, tell them I." personally gave you these two seats so from then on he was my nana's like favorite wrestler and then we met him again at the sunrise mall it was him and sabu and she like told him this story and he was like over the moon listening to it and everything and she was so happy to see him again but yeah real real great weekend and i'm sure if she saw him actually do what he does she'd be like blown away like how is this the guy? <laughs> same guy <laughs> yeah 
So, yeah, it's going to be a great weekend of independent wrestling. Um, I have my Chelsea Green uh, uh, Chase figure that I want to get signed. I have is that that's the black one, right? That's the black one. Yeah. Well, I had I, I like the purple one more. I like I had I like I like the black because I want to get it done in green paint pen, so it pops a little bit. And you know, Chelsea I Green. Thought because her, oh yeah, so it is because her it's it's a double entendre. <laughs> um, and then I gotta get my Matt Super Seven signed. Um, I want to get my headbanger signed. I have to like the the contents of my bathroom is in my back room, right in front of my figure display, and I want to get my VSK Micro Brawler the Chase signed too. So. Do you have uh, Brian's also or no? Brian Super 7? No, I don't. I bought two of Matt's. One to display, one to keep in the box. So. Meanwhile, mine are still like mint on in bag and box. Mint in everything. Yeah. So like, I, That's like one of the most difficult things. Like if I, I would like to get them signed, yeah. but I also feel weird opening everything. Yeah, I know. I understand. Maybe I'll just get the empty box for the one that I have displayed out to do that. Um, I don't know. We'll see. But it's going to be a fun weekend. I'm stoked. Um, I think Anthony's going to pop, since you're not going to be here next week, Anthony's going to pop on the show next week. We're going to talk about Creator Pro. Maybe nice. I can get Sal on to talk about Sal. Sal. Uh, my pal, your pal, Sal. Um, and, yeah, so that's that. Um, wrestling's awesome. Wrestling's great. Wrestling's thriving. Um, and now let's get to my match of the week. Chris's match of the week. Chris's match of the week. Match of the week this week uh, comes from WrestlePro. Pat Buck versus Joey Janela. Um, I think this was Pat's first match back since uh, leaving the WWE. Um, and she's just so good in the ring. Uh, it's good to see Joey Janela still doing his thing, now being on the independents. Uh, he's got a big match coming up. I know at GCW against Drew Parker, who's uh, making his way in from Japan, which will be cool. So uh, go check that out. It's on their YouTube channel. Uh, also, not just a match of the week, I want to give everybody an album of the week to go listen to. It may not be your cup of tea, but unfortunately this week the metal community lost Trevor Stard, uh, lead singer of the Black Dahlia Murder. Um, really upsetting because they're always a fun band to see live. They're a great band to listen to, so go check out their album Unhallowed. It's their first uh, full-length album, uh, and it's a death metal classic. How many times uh, you see them? Uh, I, a lot more than I can remember because I forgot that I saw them upstate with Sal at the Chance in Poughkeepsie. Um, it was a show Unearth was on, so it was them. When I interned at the downtown, rest in peace, they came in a bunch of times, so I saw that I like stood next to the stage as they were doing their thing. Um, I definitely saw them on Ozfests, so it was a lot, and it's just it's it's a bummer when somebody that you're a fan of. Uh, passes uh, it you know and if you know anybody listening to this you need somebody to talk to um, you know our DMs are always open you know there are people that you can talk to if you're you know not feeling the best um, and I'll leave that at that rest in power Trev and let's get to Brandon's shout outs this is Yoda and listening to Brandon's shout outs you are the first shout-out goes to Downeaster Alexa. I figured since it was Billy Joel's birthday also this week, I would give a shout-out to one of my favorite Billy Joel songs. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also I'm going to give a shout-out to Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind, which is the newest ride at Epcot. 
And obviously I've not been on it yet because it literally just opened. But I saw the pre-show on YouTube and I think it looks hilarious. Uh, I guess spoiler alert if you care about this. But Epcot is a place that uh, Peter Quill apparently visited as a kid. And he was going to go back to Epcot via this ride or whatever. And he's like excited for all these rides. He's like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But he literally everything he listed is no longer... (laughs) That's <laughs> Epcot, so I thought that was really funny, and um, and then my last shout out. Given that Jeff Hardy advanced in the Owen Hart Foundation tournament in AEW, I'm gonna give the last shout out to Owen Hart versus Jeff Hardy from Monday Night Raw in 1995. Jeff I'll Hardy, go. super young, selling the hell out of everything for Owen Hart. Yoko ends up after the match coming in, hitting Jeff Hardy with a bonsai drop. Owen Hart locks in the sharpshooter, and then uh, Big Daddy Cool makes the the ultimate save. But it's just like a a super crazy, cool segment to look back on, to see Jeff Hardy involved with Owen and Yoko Yoko. and and Diesel even. Yeah, Yoko and Owen was such a great tag team. Yeah. Unbelievable. But those are my shout-outs. Now it's time for... is right our mark out moment of the week you know um i sent this to you because i needed you to hear everything chanel whatever chanel is i don't know what it is some sort of fashion gimmick it's a, a perfume they have a new commercial out and they use the song groove is in the heart which is a song that i've heard tons of times but on the commercial there's a specific point where they play a portion that i guess i just never registered with me but when I saw this on TV, instantly, I knew it. I knew the sample laugh. I knew it. And it's the the, the same laugh from the, the Harlem Heat theme song. So I thought that was funny that I just like never heard that before. But it's sampled from a super filthy thing. And that I also sent you that. I needed you to hear that. That, that was, that was awful. And I, <laughs> yeah, please never send that again. Well, I mean, you got to know what the history of rap sheet is. Uh, Another thing that I marked out for was WWE posting a photo album of the Anawahi family to celebrate Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And they actually, to my surprise, they included Lance Anawahi in that picture album because he did compete against Shane McMahon on Monday Night Raw in 2019, so... I, it was just unexpected to see him in that album. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, and Lance is incredible. You know, Lance is incredible. Everybody should definitely check out Lance for sure. I just um, hope maybe, sh- maybe buy next shirts year. On pro yeah, wrestling, pro wrestling teams, team. Buy his shirts. I just hope next year we could get some sort of Samoan Dynasty showcase for 2K. I've been saying that for months now. Yeah. But didn't you, uh, didn't you have a market moment? I mean, I had a markout moment, but it was all a dream. Um, I had a dream that we went out to dinner with the Anawaii family. It's technically which, not a dream, though. Not a dream. We did go out to dinner for Chinese buffet with them. But it wasn't Chinese buffet. Um, it was normal Chinese food. They they knew the guy. He set up the buffet. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. 
Um, but everybody there had Solo Sokoa hair. So like that bleached blonde. Everybody there had that. Lance, Afa, they all had that hair. So it was weird. <laughs> but yeah, it was only a dream. But yeah. So it was all a dream. So we have to wake up at some point. But thank you so much for listening. We appreciate all of your support. This was episode 588. Make sure that you check out all of the past episodes. Make sure you check us out on Instagram, on Twitter, on TikTok, on ProWrestlingTees.com slash out. Make sure you send us an email. Make sure you check us out on Twitch. Make sure you check us out all individually on Twitter and Instagram. But, and, we wish you... The best of luck in your future endeavors.